Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. Today's guest is David. I had so much fun chatting with him. We talked about how he got into the jewelry business and what his advice is for when you're picking out a piece of jewelry, how he's been able to use Instagram to get more sales, and what his health journeys look like. So let's get started. Thank you so much, David, for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about you. I'd love to know about your story. Tell me what your life's looked like so far. A lot of a lot of stuff so far. I mean, I'm 27 years old. I was born in 1992 in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm an only child, but I have a lot of first cousins. Over, I think over 20 first cousins. So I had a nice big family growing up. Um, and my family started uh, a jewelry business back in Cologne, Germany, in 19 in the early 1900s. And uh, my great grandfather ended up coming over. Uh, along with his brother uh, to Detroit from Germany. Uh, and they continued the tradition of jewelry uh, in, you know, Metro Detroit. And that was back, you know, over 100 years ago. And about 95 years ago, I'm sorry, 95 years after that, um, my family had this, you know, jewelry business where there was a lot of different family members in the company. And I was just graduating from high school and my dad and his uh, partner decided to separate that, you know, old business and turn it into actually two businesses, which uh, one would be run by one side and one would be run by us. And that way we could have our freedom and do whatever we want. And so could they. And at that time I was getting ready to go to college and, and, you know, have fun with my friends. But um, my dad definitely needed some help even though he's an amazing businessman, um, there were, there were, there were ways that I could help him, uh, which related to the internet, which is what, you know, us being young people are more in tune with the internet. Although, uh, even my dad, uh, was really sharp with it. He had, he was building his own websites and stuff when he was, uh, at that stage, they weren't necessarily professional, but he, he's really a, a sharp guy. Um, but you know, I'm, a younger guy than him and by a lot, you know, it's my dad. So, uh, I decided to help them out and started 
you know, doing some things online with him. Uh, and we had this little office and we started uh, selling jewelry on eBay. And uh, I think that was pretty much it. And we did not have a store at that time. We just had this office. Uh, and I said, let's get a store. And my dad says, eh, I don't know. I don't know. And eventually he, he said, we, we can try a very small store, you know, um, because he wanted to just do kind of at first wholesale. And, and then he got into back working with the customers. So um, basically at, at that time, Instagram had just started. And I joined this thing, Instagram, not really having much knowledge of it and didn't really have any idea what, where Instagram would go. You know, I mean, Instagram now is so huge and so important and so, uh, pretty much everywhere, but, and everyone has one, but, um, at the time no one had one. So what, what happened then is I started posting things on Instagram that I didn't have for sale that my friends in Israel who were in the diamond business had, that would have been what you would consider like too expensive for me to own. Like I couldn't buy them, but I could broker them, right? So, you know, a realtor doesn't buy and sell the house, he brokers the house. And I would post a picture of the gemstone on Instagram and I eventually started selling right from Instagram. And at the time, Instagram was so small that I kept ending up on the popular page. So that's, that's I think 2012 could have even been a little before that fast forward to now I spend my day on on my Instagram doing business and like literally working like I'm at the office but on Instagram so I have a team of, of people that help me with it um, whether it's production or uh, you know creating content I do that myself with my friend uh, Lily and my team member Lily um, and uh, she helps me show the jewelry better because I'm uh, you know, she's a, she's a woman and I'm not. So if I put a certain jewelry on it, just wouldn't look right. You know, um, not that every, anyone can't wear anything, but you know, I got hairy fingers, you know, so I don't really want to showcase the diamonds on my fingers. She has really manicured hands and that's better. Um, Lily also is, is a, in, in diamond, uh, brokering and design too. So she's awesome. My cousin Noah, uh, helps me with, with this too. And he's a part of the team and, and uh, very important to the operation, but literally, we've gotten to this point where you wake up in the morning and you check the DM and that will give you enough work for a week because there's so much activity on there. Um, and so I kind of fast forwarded and didn't say a lot of what happened in between. And you'll have to ask me more, you know, get, you, you can be specific about different parts of the past. Cause there's so much stuff that has happened between 2012 and now, but in, in a nutshell, you know, if somebody's listening to the podcast and they're just starting it off that, you know, tuning into what's going on in a nutshell, we took this really old business that wasn't doing fantastic. And, you know, my dad had the, the vision, like, okay, something has to change. We have to kind of re kind of redefine what we're doing. And, um, and my dad did that in his own way through, uh, focusing on what's called the estate business, which is buying and selling and trading jewelry, watches and, and, and things like that. And then I brought the social media into it and that combined, uh, has blossomed into, uh, an amazing, amazing, fun, uh, you know, well-meaning, uh, small business that services people all over the world. So we're shipping to 
everyone, you know, not every country, but, you know, I was, I had the honor of designing a ring with a client who was in my store traveling. And then they moved, they went back to Japan and we were able to ship them a diamond ring to Japan, to the front door, fully insured. So I guess part of my story that, you know, would apply to the podcast that you have would be just trying really hard at the same goal for a long time, you know, um, putting a lot of effort into something in my early twenties into social media. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, how do you, how do you make money on social media? How do you get people to, to trust you? And, and all that. And I say, well, I never sought out to try to make money. I just wanted to extend who I was out to people through the internet. So, you know, I'm a jeweler. I provide services. Um, I like to talk to people. I like to help people. Um, and just representing who I am on there and then kind of just having fun and hanging out online sometimes, you know, liking people's things and supporting them and sharing their things and just kind of making friends um, and not being pushy, not trying to sell people anything, just trying to help them. That attitude of just kind of like a well-meaning entrepreneur who believes in what they're doing and wants to just be of service and be of value and, and be fair with pricing and save people money and get people good quality when other people may sell them something and say it's one thing, but it's another thing for the purpose of profit where I would rather protect that customer's money and time and, and, and really hook them up and, and, and guide them and educate them. So my story kind of looks like, you know, uh, uh, the story of kind of putting a lot of effort into one thing for a long time, keeping the main thing, the main thing and it paying off and, uh, always doing, you know, throughout that time, uh, of, of doing business, never once did I ever, ever have any bad intentions working with anyone. And I never worked with anyone thinking this is about money. It was always about how can I help someone achieve their goal to build a relationship with them where they are happy. And, you know, obviously I'm getting compensated and, but it's not, it's not, it's not outrageous. It's not a gouging. Uh, it's more, it's more like a wholesale kind of operation, uh, but to the public, uh, in a way. And, um, you know, throughout that time, I went through all sorts of other, you know, journeys, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just work. You know, I did, I've done a lot of different things. I've tried different businesses too. Um, but you know, if, if you had to put it in a, in a, in a summary of like, what did my life look like? It was a lot of work, you know, but when you like what you're doing and you believe in it, it doesn't really feel like too much work and you can kind of, uh, accomplish a lot more that way so I, I if anyone was listening I'd recommend to them if they're wondering what what to do with their life I would say you gotta identify what you like to do and now that I'm older and have been doing this for a while I'm starting to learn that uh, meditation uh, diet you know nutrition um, positive thinking those things that have helped me get through medical, uh, challenges, uh, when I had, you know, some, some little health issues, uh, stomach issues, immune system issues, um, throughout my journey. Um, you know, what I learned on, on a personal, you know, separate journey 
that is something where my passion and what I really, you know, quote unquote, want to do with my life is kind of showing through after after years of just working on jewelry. It's like, oh my god, there's a whole other me in here that wants to do something completely different. Um, so it's interesting. I'm nearing the end of my 20s. You know, I'm 27, and it's interesting how you you do change, and you do you do learn things that make you uh, learn things about yourself and what you want to do with your life. And 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 I just recommend uh, connecting your your profession to your core purpose. Mm-hmm. So. And what made your family get into jewelry? What was it about jewelry that made them interested? Well, a hundred years ago, (laughs) I believe my great-grandfather and his brother, I know my great-grandfather, I don't know if they were separate at that time, but he was working for a jeweler as a young man, um, as as a as a trade, you know, I think he I think he apprenticed under this jeweler that was an older man. So this guy must have started his business in the eight, late eighteen hundreds. And the my great grandfather learned this business from this gentleman, and I think he died and didn't have any family. And I think he left the like it's a very it was a very small business in Germany. Um, but I think he, I think he may have left the business to my great grandfather. I have to check with my grandfather. But so when he got that business for, for, for whatever reason, I, it was it was definitely a passion of his because David Walker, the person who I'm named after, um, was a really kind person and and loved to design and create jewelry, and he started working for another jeweler. And my, when he had his kids, his kids started to help him, who's my grandfather and my great uncle. And um, they got into it. And then they had kids and their kids got into it. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that they were. I don't think anyone was pressured to do it. I just think it was a good business. We had a tradition. It was fun. to. It's fun to do. I mean, you're, you're dealing with people. It's exciting a lot of the times. Um People are in a good mood. They want to, you know, buy things that represent things that mean a lot to them. Like, like a diamond ring is all about love. You know, it's all about the connection between two people. So you have a couple in front of you looking for their ring. And most of the time I design it, you know, from scratch based on what they want, you know, to create, but, uh, looking for a diamond in person with them and, uh, or, or through videos and pictures. Cause we do that remotely now, uh, and have always actually, but, it's it's a good it does it's good energy you know it's not for everybody I mean you have to you have to love it but we do and I think that's kind of why we are still in it I mean to, I guess it's a fair question because we've been in it for a hundred years you know so it's a long time to do the same thing and I think that's where I'm getting to is I'm always going to do this and I love this but there is more to do and and uh, and so I I do I do do other things but that I have other ventures now but. There's, there's definitely some exciting things coming that I'm looking forward to coming back on the show and, and updating you on that have to do with um, actually a completely separate area of, 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 of life, which is empowering others to be their best self. And um, over my years of being on Earth, I've seen p- 
people succeed and fail in all different ways. And I've seen people come back from bad failures and, and do great. And the mental attitude that you have uh, is, is, is really the key to turning life around, to getting anywhere, to, to, to getting through failures and, and pain and even horrible tragedies. You know, um, the mind really needs you as a person to kind of be its friend, be its hype man, treat it right. You know, the mind, just like you go to the spa and put cucumbers on your eyes, what, like they do in the movies, uh, or maybe I do at home, who knows, you know, I'm not going to say, uh, I do, I, I don't, I'm not going to confirm or deny it, but, um, your brain also needs that same love and treatment, uh, through meditation, I believe. And, uh, not just meditation, but you know, just maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's, it's, um, listening to really relaxing music. Your, your mind is your friend. Be a good friend to your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one. That's one thing I feel very strongly about. Yeah. And did you know social media is going to be as big as it is right now? Yes. When Instagram first started, um, and, and I think it started a little before I got on there, but it, it was not out for that long when I was starting. It was amazing what was going on on there uh, and and still is i mean at the time one by one people that i knew just kept joining instagram like i just remember seeing like this person joined instagram this person joins instagram this person joined instagram and like nonstop. and actually when it first came out my cousin and i jj we had a shout out a series of pages on instagram that we built and we got people to follow in droves and then we would sell shout outs on the Instagram, even through eBay as like ad space. So, I mean, we've been, we've really been in touch with social media in a way where we knew it's big. And we had a page that got up to 128,000 followers and then it was hacked and then it turned into some fashion blog. And I've never been so mad in my life. Well, it's not true, but uh, it was pretty frustrating having 128,000 followers and then somebody taking it and then changing the name and changing the page and making it into some really lame site, um, which when we were monetizing this thing, you know, making money. So um, we've had an interesting relationship with social media since it started to the point where I remember I had my little cousins like all day long pressing follow, 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 follow on the shout out pages and like we would take turns and we were probably working 12 hour days, you know, just like on our phones, following people in Charlevoix, Michigan, up North by the beach, just like hanging out by the water all day long on Instagram, trying to create ad space. Right. Cause if you can, if you can have a lot of people following you, you can promote things to them and that's valuable. So I knew it was going to be huge. Did I know it was going to be this big? I don't know. I mean, it's pretty big right now. Yeah. <laughs> now it's pretty, pretty much everything. Um, but it, it's, it's been an amazing ride on there. I just, uh, I just recommend to people don't wait on your, on your page. You know, if you got an idea, make a page, 
get get the handle, get it going. You know, put the put the carriage before the horse if you have to. I don't care. Just get get it going. Get your get your goals started. You know, and I know you want to be a big podcaster one day, and you're, you know, you're going to get there. And that's the fact that you're doing podcasts is you understand you got to do it. How are you going to get anywhere if you don't do it? You can't you can't wait on it. And if you had to start Instagram, if you had to start your account all over again today, what would you focus on? It's a very good question. Um, you know what? I'm planning on creating a new page, actually. So I could answer this with some definite, realistic answer here. Um, I'm, I want to create a page that empowers people to be happier, healthier, and live better lives. And that's what I'm going to work on. By taking the tools that have allowed me to get through things that have allowed many other people before me and after me to get through things in life in a positive way, even if they're very dark times. You know, um, Dumbledore says something along the lines of, no matter how dark it is out, one must always remember the light, you know? And um, I think when, I think the goal is to create a page where people can watch my videos that I'm going to work on making uh, and, and maybe they're going through something in their life that is causing them intense pain and suffering. Even as something as simple as like a breakup, you know, um, or... Like, not, let's not get so negative because I don't want to manifest anything. But, you know, like something like a breakup or something like um, an injury where they have a cast on for a while, these things aren't life-threatening, right? But they can take a toll on your mental state. Um, and I just want to provide things for people who, when I say things, I mean content and information, knowledge, so that they can maybe have a healthier way of dealing with life's trials and tribulations as horrible as they may be as great as they may be as medium you know um you know life will throw things at you at different levels right so some things you can handle and some things really you're like i cannot believe that you know this is happening what i mean you know like i personally have lost some very close people to me and i it's very difficult to 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 lose people who you envision growing older with, you know? So there's got to be ways for us as humans to work with our minds and spirit to, to be resilient and positive through everything. And there are ways. And people before me have taught those ways. I'm not an originator of these, of wisdom. You know, I'm just a way shower. I want to show the way, you know? And let's say I come in your store, right? And I can only buy one piece of jewelry. Okay. Okay. What piece would you recommend? What's your favorite pieces? Well, first of all, you know me, so you know I'm going to say, I wouldn't recommend you buy anything because it sounds like you don't know what you want. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you should do some research to find out a little bit more about what you want. So I guess I would pester you with questions about what are you looking for? What do you want? 
what what kind of piece would be meaningful to you? Maybe I would suggest um, something that would have a meaning to you beyond just a piece of jewelry. Like, is there? A, did you lose a grandma yet? Like, did you? Did, are you? Did you? Like, did, mm-hmm. have you? Yeah. Okay, that's awful. I've lost one uh, grandma. I still have a great grandma alive. She's not my great grandma. She's a great grandma, but. Maybe your grandmother had some jewelry that your parents inherited that you would not wear because it's not your style. But maybe we could take maybe even like one diamond out of it or like one gemstone out of it and like take that stone, make a little pendant and you can wear that for the rest of your life and you can pass it down to your kids and they can pass it down to their kids and you can tell them stories about your grandma and and then hand them this and be like, this was hers. She's always with us. So that would be, I would try to find something that you cared about and help you get something that would almost be like a a benefit to you. Like you would have something that you could hold and say like, this gives me strength, right? So if you didn't know what you wanted, I would try to help you find what you want. And if you couldn't figure it out, I wouldn't sell you anything. But my, you want to know what my favorite piece is? Mm-hmm. Um, I make some really beautiful necklaces and bracelets and watches for men. I I don't make the watches. I add diamonds to watches and they become very, very sparkly items to the point where I'm almost like a fish sometimes where I'm like, when the light's hitting off of it, it just dances. And, uh, you know, if you look at like future or Drake or, um, like, you know, any of these major artists that have amazing jewelry, a lot of them wear these uh, pieces that are called Miami curb link chains, or they're nicknamed the Miami Cuban link chain. And uh, plain, they're very popular, but covered in diamonds, they're just gorgeous pieces that I personally love. Um, And they're, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend buying one because, you know, they're not going to bring you any health or wellness, but if you, if you love it and it makes you too happy and it would bring you joy and health and wellness in your life, then I would say you should buy one, you know, but they don't do much for you besides sit on your neck and sparkle, but they are really beautiful and I do like them. And if you go to my Instagram page and you look at the watches with the diamonds in them and the chains of the diamonds. Those are pretty fun to put on and wear. I don't really wear them myself because my tastes are a little bit more plain. Uh, but once in a while, gotta bring the ice out. So uh, those those are some pieces that I would like, which um, or that I would recommend or say are my favorite. Um, if you want something really just unbelievable. Um, besides that, any jewelry that's meaningful is my favorite kind of jewelry. So. Uh, most people that I deal with are buying things for a really private, personal reason, whether they're commemorating a lost relative or they're doing something for themselves after they have a milestone in their career that signifies to them like their hard work. So there's a lot of meaning behind jewelry that people don't realize. Like it's not, you don't just buy this stuff because it's like a shoe, because you like the shoe. It's like, you know, you're going to have like a shoe's going to get dirty and the shoe's going to be done, but you're going to have that jewelry for the rest of your life. 
and even when you're gone, it's going to be, I mean, a gold pendant could last thousands of years. So you got to understand, you know, when humanity's all gone, the jewelry will still be there, you know? So, uh, like, just like the, you know, Egyptian pharaohs, all their gold is still there, uh, which, what, what wasn't taken, but, um, so that's, that's what I like to, to share with people about, you know, have some meaning to what you do in life. Obviously, you know, everybody has their own meaning and, 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 and path, but material items can also be kind of like spiritual items sometimes because they can mean more than just what they look like. What is it like working with your family? Awesome. It's really awesome. I had to think about it for a second. I just didn't think about it for a second because it's not awesome. I, I was just kind of thinking about, you know, all the family that I work with. I mean, I work with so many family members, my mom, my dad, my cousin, Noah, um, my cousin, Alex, my cousin, Stu, um, my grandfather, Jeff, my uncle, Glenn, um, I work with a lot of different family members and it's just a, it's really an amazing thing. I'm grateful to have it. You know, it's, it's, um, we trust each other. We love each other. We want to help each other. We want to do right by each other. Um, and it makes for a good work environment. Um, I can't get fired. I mean, I could, but they haven't fired me yet. Um, I earned my way into a partnership through the business I've done online. So my family and I are now, uh, my mom and my dad are, and I are partners. Um, when I was a kid, I was like, you know, if I sell this much, this is the percentage I get, you know, and my, at the time, I don't think my dad realized how many, how many people on Instagram would want to buy things. So I, I probably would, you know, be owning the whole thing by now, but it, to me, it doesn't really matter who owns what. It, the, we all have a common goal to help other people and help our family be healthy, successful, and grow. So we don't even like, it's not really about, there's not a lot of like politics where, where you would think there could be. You know, it's more kind of like laid back, let's have a good day, let's have fun, try to do our best. You know, I got lucky. I got some good people around me, you know. And what's the biggest thing you've learned from your parents? Um, communication skills and, 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 and uh, kindness and positivity. Do you have any tips for working with family members? If you're not in a good mood or if you want to react and say something that's not nice, do some exercises or go for a walk and then come back because you can be under stress and you can say things in a tone that isn't nice and they don't deserve that. So, and neither do you, you know? So, I mean, my dad's yelled at me, I've yelled at him and both of us didn't want to yell at each other, but when you got 75 things to do on the to-do list and you, and the phone won't stop ringing and the text won't stop coming and 
people are stressed, even if it's because of good things, it's just, you know, a rapid amount of, we deal with a lot of different people, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, your, your, your breath gets shorter, your, your blood pressure goes up and there could be a misunderstanding and all of a sudden someone can fly off the handle. But we kind of know that like we're under a lot of not negative, but positive stress, really just, I don't want to even call it stress. It's more like there's a lot of activity going on. So we're pretty like, we just, you know, you just, you try your best, you know, and you, and you, and you, you accept that we're all human and that you're not going to be perfect, but you got to, when you're wrong, you say, sorry, you know, when you're, when you're wrong, you say, sorry. And you say, Hey, I, I didn't mean to be, uh, uh, rude. I, I just was uh, stressed and I haven't had lunch today. Back when the store was open, we wouldn't really eat lunch until the end of the day because we had no time. So I would drink juice and smoothies all day because on most days customers either on the phone or in the store would literally be in need of assistance from the second week, even before we open to the, to after we closed. So, um, it can be stressful when you haven't eaten anything by five or six o'clock since breakfast, or if you slept in, you missed breakfast and you had to get to work, you know, so that's why I rely on my neighbors, try it raw to bring me over a smoothie. And then after that, maybe a soup, and then I'll have like a mango snack and I'll try to eat as much as I can. And then the customers are waiting and, and a guy gets the customer. And when you're choosing pieces, how do you choose them for the pieces that you sell at your store? We don't choose. Well, we pick the pieces with the best quality, but most, more importantly, there's two ways we buy from the public every day. So people are constantly selling us their unwanted heirlooms, essentially. So we're buying things from people. So that's one thing. So I don't choose them. I just buy them and resell them. On the other side, I do pick out pieces that I think would be beautiful pieces to have that I like the designs of uh, from manufacturers that we work very closely with, mostly from Israel, um, where they're cutting the diamonds from the rough and then we're helping with the design process of the pieces. But most of what we do is you telling me what your goal is. And a lot of times people will send me a picture Say I saw this celebrity got engaged with this oval. I've heard about Blake Lively's ring like 9,000 times. Um, and, you know, her oval is very, very large and, and, it, and, it, and it does cost a ton of money. And in many scenarios, people have a tenth or less of the budget that was her oval, right? So it's up to me to say, okay, you like this. I get it what's your budget? And they say, oh, my budget's, let's say it's 10 grand or five grand or 20,000, whatever it is. People will spend anywhere from 500 to a million dollars on their ring or more or more. It's crazy. Um, so I designed the ring with this inspiration that the customer gives me, but in their price point. So most of what we're doing are things that we're helping the customer achieve their goal. So it's not, it's, we're, we're designing it and making sure it comes out perfect and guiding them towards the best way. But the general look of the ring comes from the customer 
if it doesn't come from my designs, which you'll see on my Instagram page and website are my classic designs that we've been selling for a very long time. And every once in a while, I'll add more designs to that. Um, and I'm working on my own bridal line that I'm going to brand for me. You know, that designs by David are we're working on that right now. But I've already been making these designs. It's just that I haven't branded them and pushed them really as much. I, I, I just, people say, I love that ring you made for so-and-so. And I'll say, but I want to change it a little. And I'll say, okay, well, here's the design. And I send them a 3D rendering and they say, oh, it's, it's perfect. But I decided I want to change it a little more. So I change it more, send it back to them. Oh, I love it. But now I want to go back to the original. And I go back to the original and that's it. And then they're ready and we make the ring. So, and, and I'm not over here saying, you're, you're, what are you doing wasting my time? You know, I don't think that way. You know, people can change their mind. They're entitled. If you're going to make it once, make it right, right? I mean, you're going to have it for the rest of your life. So, um, yeah, so it's it's more about what people want. It's not even me. I, I'm not trying to sell you something. I, I want you to accomplish your goal. And, and what you buy is what you wanted to buy, you know? So I'd love to talk about your clean eating journey and a little bit about your health issues and like how did you go from doing what you were doing before to clean eating? Okay, make a very, very easy um, timeline here. So mm-hmm. let's go back to fifth grade. My stomach bothered me a lot. Sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade. Stomach bothered me every day. Um, I had terrible acne. Um, I got sick kind of often and I had experienced like pretty much your whole life of, at that time of eating, uh, kind of what I thought was good for you. Like whatever my mom made or like whatever my, you know, if I'm over at a friend's house, whatever they made or like picking up a pizza or picking up, going to the local, um, place and eating whatever was there, Coney Island or whatever. Um, and anyways, I had such a bad time with my stomach that I had to go to many different doctors throughout that entire time. And they were always trying to figure out how to make my stomach better. And they tried a lot of different, uh, medications and, uh, tests and, I kept going to gastroenterologists and gastroenterologists and uh, there were side effects of a medication that I didn't like. And I don't know, it was, it was a, it was not fun. I mean, life was cool in other ways, but it was challenging being a young kid, always having like a stomach ache, like it was not fun. Um, and kids, you know, other people had a lot worse, so I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it was, it was significantly affecting my mental health, you know, to the point where, uh, I really didn't even, I wasn't really even as social. I was a pretty social kid, but like, I was afraid, like, what if I go out on this little walk with this girl and my stomach starts killing me? You know what I mean? Like, how am I going to explain that? It's kind of embarrassing. Like bathroom stuff's embarrassing, right? So, or it was to me. So when I was 18, my dad signed me up for, my dad is amazing, amazing. Yeah. And so is my mom. But my dad signed me up for transcendental meditation, which he had been doing twice a day for a long time. And the teacher uh, 
was had traveled the world with this guy named Maharishi Maheshi Yogi, who actually taught the Beatles to meditate. You ever hear of the Beatles? Yeah. Okay, so that's a big deal. I mean, that's a major deal. And uh, this guy uh, name is Jim Kahaney from the TM organization. You go to tm.org and reach out, and, and uh, or you could DM me, and I'll give you his number. He came over to my house, and he taught me meditation. Uh, we, I actually learned uh, at, at the TM center that he had, but he came over originally kind of to introduce me to it. And when he was over at my house, um, he... I, I, I told him, I said, listen, I, I, I have these stomach problems. Is there anything that your guru knows about that? You know, and he says, well, actually, there's an ancient medicine that's thousands of years old called Ayurvedic medicine. And it seems to me that if we brought you to an Ayurvedic doctor, they could evaluate you. But before we did that, he himself said, tell me about what you're eating. And when I told him about what I was eating, he said, ah, you're inflaming your pitta, which is an Indian word. There was like three parts of your body, like three level or three kind of um, aspects to your, your body, like pitta, beta, kata. I have to look it up. Don't quote me, but... There's three. And when one of them's out of balance, there's effects. When another one's out of balance, there's effects. So when the pitta, my, my symptoms made him think my pitta was inflamed, right? So here we go. I'm thinking, I don't know. Meditation definitely is real and awesome and feels great and is better than you could ever imagine. Better than any drug in the world. You know, it's, it's, it's such an amazing feeling to meditate and it's free. We can do it every day. You know, no one's stopping you. But this this stuff he's talking about, I'm not 100% sold. Like, I don't know if that, like, I've been struggling for years. How could that just fix everything, you know? So I, he told me, hey, there's alkaline and there's acidic foods. All you eat is acidic foods. Your face is breaking out with pimples. That means your your skin has a relation to your gut. And if you're eating inflammatory foods and you're creating overly acidic environment your immune system is going to suffer your face is going to break out your stomach's going to hurt you know that's that's uh that's part of it so he taught me to cook a little bit like almost like an ancient indian menu like ancient grains and Grains aren't the greatest thing in the world for you, but this is, you know, certain grains are good for you in certain in lower quantities. And um, he, he got me a list of foods that were alkalizing. And in one week of eating just alkaline foods, my stomach was better. And I had literally been trying to fix it for my whole life. And when I would eat crappy for a while, it would come back. So... I realized, and same with my acne. So I realized, okay, what you put into your body has an effect pretty much immediately. And sometimes it's a delayed effect, but 
it kind of opened my eyes to like the world a little bit that, wow, I've been depressed for my whole life pretty much about my stomach. You know, I, I had a great, you know, life still, but it was, it was, it was challenging, you know, always having a stomach ache. It was, it was a lot, you know, it was going on for so long that my friends and people around me were like, everyone kind of knew, you know what I'm saying? So like David was, David's coming. Like, yeah, is he really coming though? Like he says he's going to pull up, but is he actually coming? Oh uh, no, my bad, man. I had a stomach ache. I didn't, I couldn't make it, you know, and people would get offended. How come he didn't come to my bonfire? Do I want to tell them I had a stomach ache? No. So it was challenging, you know? Um, but anyways, once I learned that my life changed and I became so enamored, so kind of obsessed with learning about food, a couple of years later, I visited my friend in an island uh, in the Caribbean. He was going to medical school there and I went and slept on his couch and had some fun to visit him. And uh, I ended up catching a strange flu from, uh, I guess, a friend down there. And um, the the island doctor was kind of third world uh, equipped. And I told him I, I had a sense of stomach and he gave me this like horse pill antibiotic that ended up wiping out all my stomach bacteria, which is what antibiotics do. You know, obviously they're necessary sometimes, but you know, this one was a little, probably too strong. And it created this infection in my stomach and in my body that I was in such pain I couldn't walk. And I had to fly home in a couple of days. And when I flew home, the guy next to me on the plane was sick. When I got home, I was sick for a week and a half. And then I had to go to a business trip in Florida. And I went to that. And then from there, I had to fly to Mexico for a wedding of a client and a friend. So all of a sudden, throughout all this traveling and all this eating out and some drinking uh that little bug that the island gave me got bad and it literally stuck around for like a year long like a year's time so i was kind of on and off with a fever for about a year which was weird because i didn't know you could do that like i didn't know that was a thing um where i would be better and then a couple of days later, my fever would come back or I'd be sick and it would happen like every other week or every week or whatever it was for a long time. And I went to an infectious disease doctor and got tested for like everything out of the sun. And thankfully I had nothing in any, you know, form or fashion, which is great. And, um, they, they're like, wow, I wonder if it's, if it's some like Island disease that we haven't seen yet, you know? And, um, it was, it was a challenging time. So, because I was sick for so long, all I wanted to do was feel better. And so I had got off a track a little bit with my eating. Um, not bad. I was eating probably really good, but I wasn't, I wasn't paying enough attention to it. So I started to research, like, if you're sick, like, what the heck can you do to get better? Like, and there's, and, and there's, there's different things schools of thought like some people take a pill for a specific thing but I, I was just trying to get my immune system in general better so I, I just started to read and started to you know look look for knowledge about ancient healing techniques and, and modern healing techniques and trying to find 
a way to help my immune system because for some reason my immune system was just crap. And I started to learn about probiotics that when I was taking antibiotics, when I was sick over and over again, those antibiotics, I, my body really wasn't ready for it. You know, it was almost like too much. And those antibiotics killed the good and the bad. And the good is how you stay healthy. That's your resilience, right? That's your immune system. So I started taking uh, probiotics. I started juicing wheatgrass. I started juicing juice in general, like vegetables and, and fruits, like green juice, green text juice. I avoided sugar. I avoided dairy, which is inflammatory to humans. I avoided a lot of animal protein. I would just eat a tiny bit. Uh, and pretty much became plant-based, which I'm no longer, but I'm majority plant-based. And I started to get better. And it wasn't really, it still wasn't 100%. So I started looking into like teas and herbs, and I started to realize there's all these things that we can do and eat, uh, like ginger in your tea, raw ginger, uh, superfoods like acai and goji berries and blueberries and broccoli, which are cruciferous, you know, broccoli is a cruciferous vegetable, red cabbage, um, uh, the power of garlic inside of garlic is a compound called elicin. And that's like an anti, uh, it's, I think it's an antiviral algae, blue green algae, spirulina, unbelievable. Uh, I'm pretty sure spirulina contains almost every mineral known to man and our bodies need minerals just as much as they need vitamins. So I started to learn the body needs a certain amount of things to function. And then it needs to avoid certain things to not get sick. And you can do only like, you can only play around with that so much before you have problems. And because I was sick for so long, it took so many antibiotics. It took a while for my natural immunity to come back. Now I got it back. Everything is good. And I try to help people who have their own issues. And it's not about, I have the cure for this, or I have the cure for that. It's more like, empower your body by treating it right, right? Help yourself be stronger so that when anything bothers you, you're strong enough to fight it and you're giving your body the fuel it needs to be strong. And what advice would you give your 20 year old self There's a lot of different things I would probably say, but the one thing I would say would be have more patience and be more kind and never ever take something personally. You know, it's like when I was younger, I used to take things personally more you know everyone still takes things personally you know but now i'm like if that person's behaving in a certain way that's because of something going on with them it doesn't need to really suck my energy out of me you know it, it life is too valuable to 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 dwell on negativity you know um or to get wrapped up into it i would have told my 20 year old self hey Whenever you're having negative thoughts or you're angry or anything like that, let them pass, let them go, and get back to the light. Get back to positivity. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, because 
we're so powerful in the positive area of things. We can do a lot with that. We can do a lot with positivity. We can go far with that. But with negativity, it just doesn't accomplish anything. There's no benefit to getting upset. It doesn't do anything. And you get upset, but just let it go after, you know? A grudge is like even dangerous for your health, you know? And I had to let go of all of my grudges because what are they doing for me? You know, am I fair to have a grudge against somebody? You damn right. They messed up and they should pay, right? Well, well, should they pay from me serving up justice? No, you know, let the universe, let karma, let their life develop how it's supposed to. I'm sure if they're being a negative, bad person, something's going to catch up with them, you know? Um, and hopefully they learn their bad ways and they turn good, right? You know, I don't even need people to be punished too bad. I just want them to change, change to the light, you know, change to being a positive person. Uh, and, and what I meant to say, not necessarily positive person, but a person who does good onto others, you know, you don't, don't do anything bad onto others, only good, right? They're just the same as you. They're immortal. They bleed, they'll die. They have appearance. They have, you know, you're, we're all the same. We're all in the same boat. And that's kind of my great uncle Norman read this, uh, Dr. John Dorsey, uh, from Wayne state university, this book about the self. And that's kind of what his thought was like world peace is totally achievable. Once everybody meditates and realizes we are all like the same importance like everyone's super important like everyone's really important because everyone has goals wants and dreams and family and people they love and in that way we're all the same like we're all the same we're all in the same boat you know so people aren't really different than us they're all just part of a family part of part of the ecosystem so if people could realize that and and appreciate that they would look at each other as brothers and sisters you know versus complete strangers and possibly the enemy you know we don't need that kind of energy we just need love and are there any questions that you wish i would have asked you no you're doing a good job uh, are there any questions that you haven't asked me that you'd like to i don't think so okay not so not that i can think of right now probably come up with them you got later. your dose of david today so um i appreciate you having me on and i know that you and i are both in our podcast journey and we're both going to continue in that journey you are a little bit further along than i am so uh when i when i get a little further along and you do too let's make sure to get back in touch and, and check on each other yeah definitely and where can people really, connect with you oh where can they connect um follow me on instagram d walkler d w a C-H-L-E-R. You can follow me. I will follow you back. If I don't follow you back, you can send me a DM and be like, hey, you said you were going to follow me back. And I, I'll say, oh, uh, my apologies. Here's the follow. I, I'm loose with the follow. Like, it's not a big deal. I don't worry about the ratio. It's, it's, we're, I'm happy to connect with people, you know, whereas somebody, somebody the other day is like, yeah, I don't just follow anybody back. I go, what's the, who cares? You know, whether you, well, I want to keep my ratio and, and, and make sure it looks like I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying? I go, well, it's good to keep the ratio, but 
you know, good to support other people too. And, you know, if somebody has a small business and they follow me, you damn right I'm following you back because I want to support that. If they follow me with no pictures, forget about it. But I, I would love to see everybody achieve their dreams. And if I can help with that, I will. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.